Hello, I want to welcome you to the Great Awareness Podcast, a podcast focused on helping Christians make sense of this world we are in. The goal here is to encourage, but never at the expense of truth. We will take the truth found in Scripture and apply it to the real spiritual battles going on today. We will ignore preconceived beliefs, news media noise, politicians' words, and look at the actions, what's really going on. Then use this truth of Scripture to accurately discern the times and how we need to respond. Jesus said in John 8.32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that is what we are going to attempt to do with each podcast, get to the truth so we can live as we've been called to live. Today we'll tackle something that is uh, embraced as a truth by many Christians. Uh, But as we search the scriptures, as you'll see, and look without prejudice, we will find it to be an absolute lie. And that's the pre-tribulation rapture. The Baptists, especially, and many esteemed religious leaders believe that Christians will be whisked up to heaven before the tribulation period at the end of the age, what is called the rapture. Now, the rapture happens. It's clear in Scripture. Um, what's What we're going to talk about today is when, because most people believe it's going to happen before the tribulation period um, that's at the end of the age. Over the next 30 minutes, however, we'll see that this idea goes against the words of Jesus and of Paul and of Revelation itself. No serious, unbiased look at Scripture can come to this conclusion. I challenge you to search for yourself. Read the Scriptures as I'm naming them out. Look for yourself. Don't hold preconceived notions but come look and see, because this has serious ramifications for the Christian and how they should live and act. So let's begin with my journey to discover this truth. Kind of happened by accident. Back in uh, 2009, my mother-in-law believed that the end of the world was coming, and she believed that President Obama was uh, the Antichrist, and she kept hammering home that Jesus was coming soon. So it was really starting to get on my wife, and since I'm the spiritual leader of the house, I I went ahead and um, took my Bible and went off to a hotel and for seven days and fasted with just the Bible and, and fasting and trying to come and find out when indeed this end times was going to come. And, and God didn't tell me. He didn't tell me exactly when it would come. But what he did reveal to me was something that I had thought because I had been taught it. He showed me very clearly that there's there's no possibility that the pre-tribulation rapture is actually fact. So when I got to this place, I you know, started fasting. I opened up my Bible. I'm like, what sh- where should I start? And, and I thought, start with Jesus, right? Just start with the man himself. And, and so in Scripture, Jesus' end times discussion is in Matthew 24 and 25. So if you'll go to Matthew 24 and 25, if you're, if you're just listening, just I'm, I'm about to read right out of the Scripture. So you can check it for yourself later. But 24.3, Matthew 24.3, it starts, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him. Now, that's important, his disciples. That's us uh, today, right? We're his disciples. Anytime Jesus is teaching them, he's teaching us how to live also, correct? So his disciples came to him saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming or of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and will deceive many and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars so that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences and earthquakes. All these things are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by by nations for my name's sake and then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because the lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations and then the end will come 
So as I read that, it's, it's like there's not really a description of when it starts or how it ends or how long it is. As you continue on into verse 15, there is something that we can peg to. And, and 2415 says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down. And he goes on, we're to run at that time because it's going to be bad. He continues, verse 26, Therefore, if they say to you, Look, he's in the desert, do not go out. Look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now that trumpet call where he's calling the elect sure does sound like a, a rapture-type experience, but it's not called that really. And, and so we're going to continue he then goes in and says, no one will know the day or the hour, uh, but then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Again, very much a, a rapture type thing. And then he goes on to tell a couple parables of how we should live during these times. And, and that's the topic of another podcast. But um, then he goes into his, the end time when he's actually there gathering the good on the right hand and the, and the bad people on the left hand, sending the good off into heaven and sending the bad down into hell. So there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is an end of times when Jesus gathers and he divides. And, and so there is a final coming. But as I was going all that, the, really, my search was for when does the tribulation period start? And, and you can't tell in there. A lot of that stuff has been happening for years, right? Wars, rumors of wars. We're going through a war right now in Ukraine. So there's these things have been happening. So when's the actual time? The only really time slot he hits is that Daniel passage where he says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, then run. So, so, uh, after that I said, well, now I have to go to Daniel and see what Daniel says about all this. And if you go to Daniel, the first six chapters are really stories that we love, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the furnace, uh, a fourth uh, person being in there, which was the pre-incarnate Jesus. Daniel in the lion's den is during this time. There's also some prophecies that he, he said about Nebuchadnezzar, etc., that did come true. You know someone's a prophet when the things they say that are going to happen in the future actually happen. So in chapter 7, though, of Daniel, he begins to focus on um, the end times. But but again, what I was looking for was the abomination of desolation, right? Because that's what Jesus specifically mentioned. So when we go there, the abomination is mentioned in Daniel chapter 9, uh, verse 27. And it says, Then he, which is the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Now it says he'll confirm it for one week. That week is actually seven years. And we know that because if you go to chapter 12 of Daniel, at the very end, uh, verse 11, it says, And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. That's three and a half years. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335th day. So 
Daniel is saying that from the midpoint, remember the covenant was for one week and he broke it in the midpoint and, and with the abomination. So if the midpoint to the end is three and a half years, then from the beginning to the midpoint is three and a half years. And for you math majors, three and a half plus three and a half is seven years. So the tribulation period is a seven year period. It's a very defined period. In fact, Daniel is the only one from Revelation, Matthew, everything where you actually have a timeline that you can tell. So Daniel's is the most definitive as far as timeline. But if you remember back to, and this is what blew me away, when you remember back to Matthew 24, Jesus said, and he's speaking to his disciples, you will see the abomination that causes desolation. And we just found out from Daniel that that happens at the midpoint of tribulation. So how could we be raptured up at the beginning and still be around three and a half years later to see the abomination that causes desolation? It just can't be. So either Jesus lied, which would defy our entire faith, or the pre-trib rapture is a deceptive idea that has taken hold and has become really popular. But let's not get hasty, you know, Paul was the main person who talked about the rapture. And so after that, I I went to the passages of Paul where he speaks about the rapture. Now, he speaks about it in two areas. One is um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 18. If you get there, he says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. There's that trumpet again. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. We meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So, So that's... That's the biggest passage that most people um, go to as far as the the rapture experience. There's going to be a trumpet. The dead are going to rise first. We're all going to meet Jesus in the air, and then we'll we'll end up in heaven. Now the uh, and so there's a trumpet call. Now in First Corinthians um, fifteen fifty one through fifty three is another description by Paul of this time. So he so he and this time he gives a little bit more detail. He says we shall not all sleep in verse. 51. He says, We shall not all sleep, but shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so, now we've got a little more clarity. Paul is saying the rapture is going to happen at the last trumpet. So, when is that last trumpet? Uh, my, My search for the truth led me finally to Revelation. Now, I'm really glad, I'm going to be honest, I'm really glad that when I when I was here in my quiet time back in 09 and I was uh, studying, that God took me to Matthew first, to Jesus' words first, because Revelation's confusing. I'm not going to lie. And, and there are things in there that I still don't understand, okay? What I have found in my walk over the last 25 years is that when I don't understand something in Scripture, it's not that Scripture's wrong, it's that I don't get it yet. And Many, many things that I did not understand, I now understand as I've grown and as I've continued to learn. Romans was very confusing for me for many, many years until I understood all the other writings of Paul and I was able to go back to Romans and really get it. And so what I found is in in, in life, uh, at least in my walk, is that if I don't understand something, man, just, just wait, but not lose faith in what the word is because I have tested this Bible and it always tests true. And so there's some things I don't get, but for this podcast, we were searching for the timeline and specifically looking for the, the rapture or the trumpet because we, we, you know, that's, that's when it's going to happen. Right. And as you go through revelation, there's no real timeline. It's, 
Daniel's is the only defined timeline. Um, Revelation is a battle in the heavenlies and then, and then a battle on earth, and, and it goes back and forth. There's a, a series that happens. You have the seals. There's seven seals. They obviously go in order. Um, as you read it, and then there's seven trumpets, and they go in order, seven trumpet judgments, and then finally seven bowl judgments. And so there are some trumpets there, and, you know, so so as I began to look, but there's no set amount of time. Like the fifth trumpet talks about locusts attacking unbelievers for five months. So we know that particular trumpet lasted five months, but most of the other ones, there's no time frame. So we don't really know how long this tribulation period is going to be or how long it is, but but there are a couple things that go three and a half years. For instance, in chapter eleven, there's the two witnesses, and talking about it in chapter eleven, verse three, he says, "And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth." Which again is three and a half years. So he says, "These are two olive trees and two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in like manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them in blood and to strike the earth with plagues as often as they desire. But then it goes on. The Antichrist makes war with them and overcomes them and they die. And then they lay three and a half days in the street and no one buries them and no one touches them. And then in verse 11, it goes, Now after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell in the earthquake. Seven thousand people were killed, and the, the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. And then it says, then the seventh angel sounded the trumpet. So the seventh trumpet happens right after the witnesses have witnessed for three and a half years. So now again, Paul says it's going to happen at the final trumpet. There's seven trumpets. The seventh trumpet happens at least three and a half years into the tribulation period. Now, what we don't know is, were these two witnesses witnessing during the second half of tribulation? It's not completely clear to me. Or were they doing it during the first half? Either way, though... We're at least three and a half years in before the rapture happens, according to Paul, because it happens at the last trumpet. Unless Paul somehow can't count and doesn't know, you know, how to count to seven. So again, there's this this you just can't mesh up with scripture if you believe in a pre tribulation rapture. Jesus said we'd see it at the abomination, which was the midpoint. Paul said the final trumpet happens, you know, um, at, and, in, and we see it happens at least three and a half years in. But for me, the final nail in the pre-trib coffin is in Revelation 12 and 13. In Revelation 12, it says, verse 7, it says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil or Satan. So in Revelation, the dragon is Satan, okay? He gets cast out of heaven, cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And then if you go down to verse 17, it says, And the dragon... Again, Satan was enraged, and he went to make war with those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So that's us. That's us Christians, right? We, we're supposed to try to keep the commandments, and we have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, so it says here that he goes to make war with them. And if we go down to chapter 13, verse 5, all of 13, then this is John speaking, who's, who's the one who wrote 
Revelation, John says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven hens, heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon came, again, Satan gave him his power, his throne, and his authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with them? The beast is the Antichrist. And he, the Antichrist, is given a mouth, speaking great great things and blasphemies, and was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened up his mouth and blasphemed against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them for the 42 months. So so for three and a half years, the Antichrist is going to be able to make war with the saints. That's the believers. Again, how can he make war with us if we've been raptured up? before all of this even happens. Okay, so again, here's yet a third place where we're at least 42 months in the tribulation period. We're being, we're being attacked as Christians. We can't possibly be attacked if we're already in heaven. So guys, either Jesus is a liar, Paul can't count, and John also is wrong, or the pre-trib rapture idea is wrong. Um, in fact, a rapture happening later on in the tribulation period is the only thing that meshes Daniel's timeline with Jesus's words, with Paul's words, and with Revelation. There's only one thing that meshes them all. There's only one story that is congruent, and that is that the rapture happens at least after the midpoint and possibly right near the end. question then becomes, why would such a lie start? and be so accepted um, as, as almost a truth, even amongst very esteemed and respected pastors and um, Christian leaders. And we've got to remember, the father of lies is Satan, okay? Jesus himself said in Matthew 20, 20, 24, verse 24, even the elect may be deceived, but the truth to me is very clear, okay? If you are if you are, if you believe, if you're there, you're a Christian. You're believing that that pre-trib rapture because that's what you you thought. Hey, that's what I had thought. But as if you take away your preconceived notions and you just start looking at these scriptures that I've mentioned here, and you start looking at it, and you just ask the question: How can that be? How can we be attacked for 42 months if we're already raptured? How can we be um, coming up at the final trumpet? If we were uh, raptured up before any of the trumpets, you know, how can we see the abomination at the midpoint if if uh, we've already been raptured up? And, and you'll see very clearly that it's just not true, that it's a lie. And you may say, well, Brian, what does that matter? Is it really important? I think it's actually critical, okay? Because if you believe in a pre-trib rapture, then Satan can deceive you as things that are beginning to unfold in tribulation period begin to unfold, he can sit there and, and simply say to you, no, this isn't the end times because you would already be raptured up. And and so even something like the mark of the beast, which is in Revelation 13, if you believe in a preacher of rapture, you think you're never going to see the mark of the beast. However, and so Satan can simply come to you if you believe that and can deceive you into taking the mark because, you know, you know, you're not going to be there. And that's why something that's why I believe Satan started this lie. People go, well, how can Satan start a lie? He's the guy who whispers. Remember, Satan has access to heaven. Um, in fact, we just read that he got he was in heaven battling God and he got thrown out again. He's got uh, access to that, to our, to the spiritual world. And so Satan can whisper in your ear something and you can start, if you, if you believe it, 
you begin to engage it and and he can he can spread lies he's done it ever since adam and eve and so um i think it's critical okay that that you understand the truth you know and one of the things i think people are going to struggle with is you know well because i hear it all the time well we're not going to ha- experience any of those things because we're going to get raptured up first and unfortunately it's just not true jesus said in in john sixteen thirty three, in this world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world so listen you got to understand god is not a cosmic Santa Claus whose only purpose is to make you happy and to help you through your day. Okay. Jesus is preparing us for heaven. We're going to have jobs in heaven. We're going to have responsibilities and he's preparing us for that. Okay. And, and anyone who's had any sort of a length of walk knows that you, you learn best in the, in the valleys. You learn best when things are tough. That's when you that's when the lessons are learned. That's gold is, is made pure by fire. Okay. And so he's preparing us. He's holy and he's good and can bring good out of all of our struggles. And I've tested this myself. Everything in my life that's ever been bad in hindsight as i go through it as i don't lose my faith but i continue through in hindsight i see great things that jesus did in that time to grow me to make me to make me uh, stronger better more prepared for the great things he's got for me coming down so so how should we act um jesus actually lays out in parables in matthew 24 and 25 but that'll be another podcast for now know this know that god is good okay know that he is in control Know that he has a plan, and it ends with us in heaven. Um, He loves you, and he loves me, and that's good news. So be of good cheer. Uh, Until next time, take care, and God bless. 